Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to begin tonight. We are going to do an overview tonight. A brief overview of the gifts of the Spirit. Because then we'll go through them in detail. I don't want you to not have an understanding of the category and will all these fit first without us, be, without, uh, before we go into them in detail. I want you to have that up front. I want you to have an ability to be able to have a setup, set of notes or however you want to do this to be able to get a hold of an understanding of these gifts and an overview, overview of these gifts. And then we're going to believe God and start praying more often, but we're going to do it at the close of this service to start believing God to see these gifts functioning in our life. God wants them functioning in our life. If we pray anything according to his will, what do we know? He hears us. And if he hears us, we have what we've asked of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start again, uh, verse 1, the very first verse here. Notice this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. Now I get this because a lot of people know, and I bring this up all the time, the word gifts here, italicized means it wasn't in the original uh, uh, writings of the Greek language. But it is implied because he's going to talk about spiritual gifts later on. So here the translators did not really do us a disservice. In essence, they really kind of applied what was later coming up about the gifts of the Spirit, which are totally covered in detail. But you could even say it this way. I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual things. Amen. Period. Gifts and everything of the Spirit. And sadly, a lot of Christians are ignorant when it comes to spiritual things. Now, you understand why that's true. Because first of all, understandably, most churches don't teach you you're a spirit. They don't get into that. They don't get into delving into the understanding of you being a spirit being. They're just talking about you being a child of God and aren't you glad you're going to heaven and let's see what we can do to survive while we're here and praise the Lord make heaven. But understand that's just the fact that a lot of people don't get that teaching. So the reason they're ignorant is because they don't get to hear it. But for those who do, we need to make sure we fully understand it. So my challenge for you is to take what I'm giving you and do what the Scripture says, that you yourself are going to diligently apply yourself to rightly divide the word of truth and seeing these things function in your life. Amen? So verse 1 again, he clearly tells us not to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. What's one of the things that hinders spiritual gifts from working in people's lives? They're ignorant of them. Verse 7 is where we begin to look at these gifts. So in verse 7, verse 4, he talks about the diversity of the gifts that coming from the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 is talking about the gifts Jesus gave to the church. Verse 6 is talking about the gifts the Father gave to the church. And then he begins to come back and go into detail about what he started with in verse 4, the gifts of the Spirit. So again, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now just think about that statement. <clears throat> the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation. What's that mean? It's evident. It's seen. It's operative. It's working. So literally he's saying nobody is excluded from this ability. Nobody. This manifestation of the Spirit is given to what? To each one. Everybody. 
And it's for what? It's for the profit of all. So understand, even as a child of God operating these gifts, you're not operating these gifts as much as you are for you as you are for others. But you're going to get blessed in the process. So these gifts are given to each one to do what? Manifest. Manifest. Not just to reside in you. What are they given for? To manifest. Verse 8. For to one is given, and here's where we begin to go through these nine gifts. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, nine to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. So who makes them work? The Holy Spirit does. Realize, even though if you've already been taught about the gifts of the Spirit, you've got to know there's people here, and especially people even streaming, who have never really understood or been taught what the gifts of the Spirit are. On top of that, Hebrews chapter 1, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 2 tells you to give the more earnest heed to the things you've heard, lest you drift away from them. But verse 11 is clear. One and the same Spirit works all these things. So I'm not trying to work them. If you are trying to work them, you're probably going to get misled and get deceived into things that aren't God, that aren't of the Spirit. Meaning what? I have nothing to do with making them work from the perspective of when do they happen, how do they happen, which ones do I use. You have nothing to do with that. You have everything to do with simply being available, yielded, and ready for the Holy Spirit to use you however He wants. My part is to be available. Our part. Our part is to be available. Our part is not to work the gifts. So that's kind of twofold. One, I don't want to try to make them work because I'm not the one that makes them work. I want to be available for the Holy Spirit to make them work in my life. Number two, because of that, I am going to make sure that I understand my part, which is to do what? Stay yielded. We'll talk about that more later after we get to the gifts. Stay yielded to the very spirit that wants to use you in these things. And then number three, because I'm not working them, guess what? I don't have to try to make them manifest, which I don't want to. would not be a good idea. And therefore, it's the spirit who will make them manifest. So one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Who decides what gifts we operate in? The Holy Spirit does. Who decides when we do? Well, he has a part to play, but if you're not yielded, you do. Because you can hinder those gifts working when he actually wants to use those gifts. So there's a part we play in yielding to him, but if we're yielded to him, we don't decide whether they work or not. That's up to him. So understand, though, again, he distributes what? To each one. Say each one. So that means what? Everybody has been given by God through the Holy Spirit the ability to function in these gifts. And I don't even want to ask, have you ever functioned in one? Because a lot of the body of Christ never has. But if he's given us these gifts, how many know he wants them functioning? And again, what is the purpose of the gifts functioning? What are we talking about? Power of Pentecost. So as a part of the power of Pentecost, we know Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then he gave us a promise from the Father, that we could walk in the very same power and do the very same things by going out and being His witnesses. The gifts of the Spirit are not the only way that power manifests. You can be used by sharing the Word of God, the Word of God's anointed, and see the power of God manifest as well. But the gifts of the Spirit are part of that, 
Because who anoints us like Jesus? The Holy Spirit does. And who is it, therefore, that has these gifts to function in our life as well? The Holy Spirit does. When the gifts manifest, power is present. Because they're, they're a work of the Holy Spirit. That He is the power of God. Say it. When the gifts manifest, the power is present. When those gifts manifest, the power of God's present. Now, it may not be power to heal. It may be power to bring a word. Maybe power to give an understanding of a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge or something. But power is present because the Holy Spirit's the one manifesting those gifts. But I want to remind you of this about the gifts, okay? This is something even for me has kind of a changed view and perspective of studying this further than I have before through Dr. Summerall and his teachings that actually came from Howard Carter. We got to remind ourselves of what the primary purpose of these gifts are for. What are they for? They're weapons. They're weapons. Say weapons. They're weapons. They're weapons to do what? To do a work for God, to be able to destroy the works of the enemy. When the gifts manifest, they're there to do just that. Even in the context of an aspect of a word. A word may not be attacking a demon or something, but it'll be attacking a lie or a deception or something the enemy's trying to deceive somebody with. So these are weapons. Say weapons. And I am basing this study. Now, you're going to understandably know this. If you go study out gifts of the Spirit teachings, you'll get different ideas about different gifts. I'm focusing on Lester Sumrall's teaching because Brother Hagen, although very well functioning in the gifts of the Spirit, was primarily called by God to teach healing and faith. But Sumrall, actually through a close relationship with Howard Carter, can tell you the, the, the story, I don't have time to tell, of how God used Howard Carter during the war and he was locked away in prison to understand these gifts and how to function in them. And he said, the reason I know that's true is because I watched him function in all those gifts. In all my life walking with him, I could tell you story after story. Let me just tell you how incredible Howard Carter was used by God. He's laying in a, in a, in a cot in a, in a, in a jail because he won't go shoot Germans. He wants to learn about God. He just got uh, filled with the Holy Ghost and he's wanting to learn about the Holy Spirit. They're wanting to go shoot Germans. He said, I want to do that. I just want to serve my God. I just want to help people. He said, well, you're going to get locked up. So they locked him up. Now in his cell, after he'd been there a while, guess what? There was water started as rain would happen. Water was dripping down through an upper, upper part of the floor above him and it was hitting him right on the head. And there was no way he'd get away from it. And he said, man, have water just sit there and drill you on the head for hours at a time, you know. And just imagine what that feels like and how all, all of a sudden your head gets sore and you get tired. Of it. And so finally he said, he said, Lord, do something about this water. He'd been actually already months there talking to God about different things. He said, do something about this water. The Lord said, you do something about it. Now the moment God said do something about it, guess what came on him? The gift of faith. Regular faith wouldn't do this. He said, what do you mean do something about it? He said, speak to it. Command it to go back from where it came. Amen. He didn't even think about it. He didn't reason about it. See, it wasn't like something he had to build faith for. Why? Gift of faith manifests. Right. You know what he did? Exactly what God told him to do. Right. He said, water, I command you to go back from where you came and not to come down here anymore. Amen. He said, you can say what you want, Lester, but I'm telling you, I saw a drop start coming down and it went back up and no more water came down during all the rest of the war. Yeah. He said he was in a foreign uh, land somewhere, and some, some, uh, uh, I think he actually told him the story. Uh, yeah, Summerall wasn't there. He told him the story later. He said, I was with a bunch of people in another area of a country that I was ministering in, and they needed a church building. And they found a building that they needed to buy, but they didn't have the money to buy it. 
And this guy said, if you want this building, man, you've only got 30 days. If you don't buy within 30 days, I'm putting it on the open market. I'm going to sell it. And without even thinking, say without thinking. Here's the gift of faith. Without even thinking, he just immediately turns to the guy in charge of the church and he said, you sign the paperwork, I'll have the money to hand to you when that time comes. And the guy said, you sure? He said, sign the paperwork and I'll have the money for you when the time comes. And he was actually at a school there that they had going on and was one of the teachers of the school. So they signed the paperwork. And guess what? Day by day by day by day went by. And students in the actual school started asking, uh, you know, uh, Howard Carr, they said, see, guy, that money yet? Nope, don't need it yet. That's what you mean, 30 days ain't up. You mean you ain't got none of that money? Nope, I don't need it. Because I've signed the contract to be paid in 30 days. I don't need it yet. 30 days ain't up. And this went on and on and on and on and on. The night before. You listening? These are true stories. The night before, he gets ready to go to bed and the students are all nervous. He's not. He's eating away. They're, all, they're not even eating. They're like, we don't know what to do, man. What's going to happen? You don't get the church. And he's just eating away. And they said, have you got any money yet, Mr. Carter? Nope, don't need it yet. Go to bed. So they all went to bed. So he all of a sudden, as he gets done with his meal, he actually, hear, they, mail got delivered uh, back in that day twice a day. And so all of a sudden he hears the mail drop outside. So he goes and grabs this mail out of there and there's an envelope in there with his name on it. He didn't even think about it. And he goes up and lays down to bed and he sets it on his dresser or on his, on his uh, uh, wardrobe there. And he goes to bed and the Lord says, uh, you didn't even look in the envelope. He said, nope. He said, go look in the envelope. Now I want to go to sleep. He said, no, go look in the envelope. He said, I want to go to sleep. I told you to go look in the envelope. So he goes and opens up the envelope to the penny. Is the exact amount of what he had to pay for that church the next day. To the penny. He said, Lord, you could have done a little more. He said, you didn't ask for it. I gave you what you asked for. That wasn't Howard Carter's faith. I said that wasn't Howard Carter's faith. That was the gift of faith. Am I intriguing you all in these gifts yet? And so he literally puts the envelope up, sets it down, goes to sleep. Next morning he goes down to the table and he's got that envelope sitting next to him. And they're all not even paying attention to the envelope. And they're like, oh, Mr. Carter, man, do you have the money now? Yep, you do. Well, when did you get it? Last night in the last mail drop. Really? Yep, it's right here in the envelope. Wow, do you think God could do that again? Are you crazy? You got to ask if God could do that again? Like They're even questioning whether God could ever do that again. It must have been some kind of crazy miracle thing or something. No, called the gift of faith. He took the money down to the very penny and bought the church for him. So, ladies and gentlemen, we need these gifts functioning. Can I get a better amen? How's that a weapon? That church being purchased, doing a work for the kingdom of God? That's destroying the works of darkness. So I'm going off of a teaching that Howard Carter was very noted for by many charismatic leaders after him and even in our day that acknowledged that this man clearly understood the gifts of the Spirit probably better than anybody of their lifetime. 
And so that's what this teaching is based off of. Most of it's very similar, but there will be a few differences, all right? So we're going uh, to categorize them, all right? First and foremost, we're going to start with the gifts of revelation. Category number one, gifts of revelation. There's nine gifts. There's three categories. This helps you remember them better. Nine gifts, three categories. First category, gifts of revelation. Why would they be called gifts of revelation? They reveal something. That heavy revelation. The reason they're gifts of revelation is because they all reveal something. The first two are found back to back in the beginning of verse 8. To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Another, a word of knowledge. Now you have to come down a little ways because faith doesn't quote unquote reveal anything. It believes something. Gifts of healings does not obviously reveal anything. Working in miracles doesn't reveal anything. Prophecy does not, as you'll see. But guess what does? Discerning of spirits. So, there are three gifts of revelation. Let's go over them. Number one, word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. What is the highest of all gifts? Word of wisdom. Every pagan said it. Some all believed it. Uh, through what the Lord taught Howard Carter, Howard Carter believed it and taught it. Why? When you can tell people what's coming down the pipe, without a doubt, tell them know, you know what's going on. I mean, at the time that Summerall was teaching this, he taught it in his uh, Bible college. I've got the book. I've got the whole book and the syllabus and the teaching. He taught it in his Bible college. When he taught in his Bible college, uh, we actually had, uh, what was the war under Bush? Second Bush. What was the desert? Desert storm. Desert storm was about to happen. And he said, you want to know how the government would want to truly know more about you and have your help is if you could walk up to the president and tell him what's about to happen and what they need to know. If God gave you such a word of wisdom and obviously it was proven out, they'd be calling you back. You listening? So word of wisdom is powerful. So word of wisdom is what? Here's the definition. This comes from Howard Carter's teachings on the gifts of the Spirit. It is a revelation of that which is in the future. Say revelation. Because remember, it's revealing something. So it is a revelation of that which is in the future. I'm going to have to back up for a minute, and I'm going to need to make a statement about the gifts of the Spirit that we need to remember. These gifts are supernatural. They are, not, they are not natural endowments. It's not because you were born with a natural endowment of a word of wisdom. No. No. See, there were people that did not understand the gifts and they said, well, you know, Solomon, he was born with this natural endowment of the word of wisdom. No, he wasn't. These are not natural gifts. Who, who distributes them? The Spirit does. Therefore, they're what? They're not natural. They're what? Supernatural. Now, if you think about this to God, are they supernatural to God? No. They're normal to God. There's nothing about these gifts that are supernatural to God. They're supernatural to us. Because we're in a natural world, and we're able to tap into things of the actual spirit realm that goes beyond the natural. God lives in the spirit realm. There's nothing supernatural to God. It's just everyday business for God. So, a word of wisdom... Again, these are supernatural endowments, supernatural, not endowments, excuse me, supernatural gifts given as the Spirit wills is a revelation of that which is in the future. Now, in relationship to a word of wisdom, in context to, as you'll see this, as a person who truly has a gift, fivefold ministry gift of the office of the prophet, they will function in two of the three revelatory gifts all the time. 
Most of the time they function in a word of wisdom, words of knowledge. Now, because God gives you a word of wisdom, word of knowledge does not make you a prophet. Let's make this very clear. Just because I may have had that happen, I don't now turn around and start running around and putting a title on myself, I'm a prophet. You know, I love this about Summerall. We were talking about at lunchtime that I so appreciate about Summerall. He hated titles. He hated them. Because most people gave themselves titles that nobody ever obviously acknowledged and God never acknowledged. I, I'm bishop so-and-so. I'm apostle so-and-so. I'm, I'm, you know, prophetess so-and-so. I'm prophet so-and-so. He said, I don't want to be known as anything other than Brother Summerall. You want to refer to me? I'm Brother Summerall. Now, at the time, he's pastoring his second church. Coming back from the mission field, he, at the age of 55, God had him raise up a powerful church in South Bend. And so in South Bend, Indiana, he raised up this church. Well, he's pastoring the church. He said, I would have to admit, because the school is his you know, church family, I would have to admit I'm your pastor, but I don't know that I want to take the title of pastor. God used me as an apostle. God used me as a prophet. God used me as an evangelist. But I don't want any of those titles. I just want to be known as Brother Summerall. Because I think we get caught up with titles and all of a sudden our head gets a little too big for us. So in the fivefold ministry gifts, just because you've had a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, guess what it does not make you? It does not make you a prophet. How do you know if you're a prophet or not? Number one, the Holy Spirit would have to confirm for sure that gift's in you. And number two, leadership above you would have to confirm that gift. But thank God for the gifts. So in the context of a word of wisdom, pastor gets this a lot. He tells us about things to come. Now, some cases where a prophet gives a word of wisdom, it doesn't always mean it'll come to pass. And this is something people sometimes misunderstand about a word of wisdom. God may give us a word of wisdom about something that could come if the church doesn't do something about it. That's still a word of wisdom because that's revelation of something that could happen. But if the church will pray or do what they need to do about it, they could avert it. They could stop it. So you can't look at a word of wisdom as it's always something we foretell and it comes to pass. Because sometimes it's a forewarning, not a foretelling. But that's still a revelation. Can I get a better amen? And it's something that hasn't happened yet. We know in our pastor's life, one of the areas that he got confirmation of his prophetic gift was when he had the, two, the vision of the two clouds at Dr. Uh, hey, uh, Brother Hagen's church. When he was on the platform, he saw this coming. He he foresaw it coming. That was not just a word of wisdom. That was a vision to him, a revealing of what was a word of wisdom that he later started sharing with the body of Christ. Number two of the gifts of revelation is the word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Say knowledge is a fact. So why is a word of wisdom not a fact? Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. And if it's something that can be averted, it won't become a fact. So knowledge is what? The word of knowledge is a fact. Can I back up? Holy Spirit keeps messing with me. Uh, He he keeps correcting me. Thank you for correcting me. Not messing with me, correcting me. So remember this. It's a word of wisdom. It's not a paragraph. Amen? Amen? It's just a word. That doesn't mean it's just maybe one word, but it's not like this massive paragraph. Because one thing Summerall said and Brother Hagin said is, if we're not careful, we tend to want to add on to what God told us. Our intentions are good, but we kind of sometimes go beyond what God says. It's just a word of wisdom, right? So think of the word of knowledge as a fact. Say it's a fact. So word of knowledge is what? The word of knowledge is a fact. Write this down. Revelation, because it's a revelation of what is or has been. 
It's what is now or has been in the past. That's a word of knowledge. It's a fact. It's a fact of something that is currently true now or a fact of something that happened before now. It is or was actually already have been happened in somebody's life. Is happening or has happened. So remember the story I told you about John G. Lake this morning. The guy wanted to have him pray for him. And this word $5,000 kept coming. Guess what that was? Word of knowledge. And I'm telling you, one of the key things we got to understand about healing is that words of knowledge can help bring healing into manifestation. He never laid hands on him. Gifts of healings never manifest. He had a word of knowledge about $5,000. Why did he only get the $5,000? It's a word. It's not a paragraph. It's just a word. But it was so strong in his spirit, he couldn't get away from it. He said, I want to pray for you, sir, but all I keep hearing in my spirit is $5,000. What's this $5,000 that keeps coming up to me? And then, of course, he told him about the situation, you know, with his sister-in-law. I told you the story this morning. And lo and behold, the guy writes the check, puts it in an envelope, goes two blocks away, drops it in a post office box. On his way back to actually have uh, Brother uh, uh, Lake pray for him, guess what? He's healed on the way walking back. He walked in his office and said, I just wanted to come back and tell you I did what you said. I almost wasn't going to come back because I'm already healed. I don't need you to lay hands on me. Thank you for hearing from God. Now think if this was functioning in our lives. Now don't misunderstand me, folks, but you got to understand this. Faith works through love. What that man did to hold back 5,000 bucks he didn't have a right to was walking out of love. Faith works through love. Sometimes people don't know the reason that a healing may not be manifest or something is not happening is because there's something hindering. But God knows. God knows. We don't try to make stuff up. You listening? If God needs to speak it to you, I'm going to tell you again. He is an excellent communicator, far better than me and you. He is an intelligent being. He has no problem talking to us. And he can talk to you in any language that you want to hear it from. Name it. Hebrew, Greek, come on. Spanish, English, doesn't matter. French, he can talk them all and more. God has no problem talking. He just has a problem getting us to hear from him. So a word of knowledge is a fact of a revelation of what is or has been. Third one, these are all revelation gifts, discerning of spirits. So here's where there's a bit of a different opinion if you listen to Hagen as opposed to Summerall. I'm going to hang with Summerall on this. Actually, Howard Carter, who again was specially, specifically told by Jesus he was going to teach him about these gifts, and he proved it, and it, sent, and it truly tends to make more sense when you think about it. And I'll explain that in just a minute. So discerning of spirits, you ready for the definition? Yes. Is the ability... To discern the spirit that motivates a person. The ability to discern the spirit that motivates a person. Now, Brother Hagen doesn't disagree with that. I've actually heard him talk about it. He said, I don't disagree that discerning a spirit is the ability to discern a spirit behind what motivates somebody. I believe that. But he believed discerning of spirits was also seeing spirits. But let me help you. There's no need for that. There's no need to see them, to deal with them. You listening? Summerall never saw a demon in his life. And Summerall probably cast more demons out of people in the foreign lands, Pastor said, of anybody we know. For whatever reason, God used him constantly to deal with demonic powers. 
And I'll never forget hearing a teaching of his coming back the final time from the mission field, although he continued to go overseas and come back. I'm talking about being there full time. And he said, you know, somebody asked him one time, uh, man, you must have surely walk in the area of discerning of spirits to see all these demons you cast out. He said, I've never seen a demon in my life, and I don't care to. How'd you know they're there? Word of knowledge. God told me, you're dealing with a demon. Commanded to go. Or it would manifest, not like you see it, but I'm talking about manifest through the person, pretty obvious then. If it's a demon operating through him, you would know it. I'm not saying because some can't. I mean, you know, we can entertain angels unaware. So we could, we can see things in the spirit. But Howard Carter was clear. The heart of this is discerning the spirit behind someone. Because what is Satan's primary goal in people's lives? Deception. And if you can discern the spirit behind it, you can know, is this truly true or not? Is this just, is this just the devil trying to take advantage of me? And we'll show you examples of these in the Bible. Can I get a better amen? So realize that is what Dr. Howard Carter taught about discerning of spirits. Hagen did not disagree with it. He added the ability to see in the spirit realm. Summerall was very clear with what Howard Carter taught him, and Howard Carter's teachings are clear. It's not about seeing demons. It's not about seeing spirits. Discerning the spirit. What's it called? Discerning of spirits. It's discerning the spirit behind what motivates a person and what they do. You don't have to see it to discern it. You listening? So that makes sense. Do I have to see it to discern it? No. The Holy Spirit can give you discernment. Listening. Amen? The Holy Spirit, by listening to Him, He can give you discernment of a spirit behind the motive of what somebody's doing. You're going to see that in the Bible. So that tends to make more sense about what the discerning of spirits is. Amen? No matter what, however God wants to use us, we'll just be open to be used. Can I get a better amen? But we do need to have an understanding of these, of these gifts. So let's go to uh, the second category. The second category, gifts of power. Most people want these operating. Summerall, Hagen, uh, Howard Carter all said, if you, could get the, you can't make it, but if you have the word of wisdom operating in your life, it'd be far better than any other gift. Knowing things to come, knowing what's happening ahead of time, he said, man, that's, that's so powerful to know of things that are going to happen. Now, obviously, he's not just going to show you that so you know what's coming down the pike. It's, it's for the purpose of doing what? Destroying the works of darkness. D- destroying what the enemy wants to do. So these are gifts of power. Say gifts of power. Some of used to call them like this, a gifts of divine energy. I like that. Because it is divine energy. It is a power, but what kind of power is it? Divine. It's God's. So these are gifts of divine energy or gifts of power. First one, gift of faith. The gift of faith. So I already gave you some examples of the gift of faith in Howard Carter's life. All through Howard Carter's life, all through his life, Dr. Summerall, who walked with him for years and knew him, said, I watched him over and over and over again, and it just confounded me. I was like, man, I wish I had that kind of faith. And, and Brother Carter said, you would if the Holy Spirit wants to manifest it through you. It's not, nor, it's not me developing faith in a promise of God. God would just tell me to do something, and I would know to do it. Period. I would have the faith for it because he would tell me to do so. Pretty powerful. I said pretty powerful. So this gift of faith, ladies and gentlemen, ready? Is God doing something supernaturally for you? God doing something supernaturally, supernaturally for you. Gift of faith. 
It's the ability. When he believed God for that water to go back up, he did something for him. When he believed for that money to come, he did something for him. Over and over. So realize the gift of faith is God doing something supernaturally for you, which is helping you to do what? Helping you to walk again in victory as a child of God. Any good amens on that? That's the gift of faith. Everybody got that? The second one, gifts of healings. It is plural. It is not the gift of healing. It is the, it, and it's not the, uh, uh, actually, it's, uh, I, I, let me correct myself. Uh, it is not the gifts of healings. It is the gift of healings. All right, look here. Verse, where are we at? I apologize, it is gifts. Let me correct myself. So verse 9, gifts of healings. But healings is plural on purpose. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of different stuff people need to get healed from. Now, this is important to know. When God heals somebody, he doesn't eradicate what it is that they're dealing with in the way of a sickness and disease. Why? Because that sickness and disease is still functioning on the earth. What does he do? He heals you from it. He just drives it out of you. He delivers you from it. He doesn't annihilate or get rid of it, right? You could be healed of a disease or sickness, but guess what? That disease and sickness still exist. He just heals you of it. Gifts of healings requires no faith on the part of the recipient. None at all. Because it's God doing it. Through this mighty gift. Gifts of healings. Definition. Supernatural. Impartation. Of God's healing power into another person. Supernatural. Impartation. Of God's healing power into another person. One more time. Supernatural impartation. Say it after me. Of God's healing power into another person. We don't have any evidence of anybody seeing gifts of healings operating for themselves. Faith in God is what helps you to receive that, not gifts of healings. So gifts of healings is a supernatural impartation of God's healing power into another person. Why healings? Now, I'll guarantee you, Summerall said this in his teaching, and I told you this, we don't want to speculate. We're just going by what obviously man teaches or man tells us. In the day that he was teaching this, he said, I understand according to doctors that I know, and he knew quite a few. He said, according to doctors that I know, they say every form of virus, disease, or sickness of any kind that can attack a person's body can be categorized under one of 39 categories. And isn't it interesting how many stripes Jesus had on his back? 39. He said, is that the Lord telling us that I covered all of it? So, obviously there was a reason for the 39 stripes. He later learned that from doctors. They were talking to him and saying, you know, every form of disease or sickness can be put under aspects of a topic or a category and as far as we have now, we have 39 of those that we know of. All I want you to know is this. There's nothing on the planet that God hasn't provided the ability for somebody to get free from. Aren't you glad about that? How do we receive? By faith in what he told us. Not gifts of healings. Now I will say this. This is important. We'll get into this in a little more detail, but I want to say this up front. If gifts of healings is manifest through you to deal with a type of disease or an attack on a person's body of which something has attacked their body and gifts of healings manifest and there, which would happen how quick for them to be delivered instantly. It's not a process then. 
They're instantly delivered. When gifts of healings manifest, John G. Lake taught this. God used John G. Lake in this mightily. He actually said, I almost think it's a detriment in some ways for the gifts of healings to manifest, and here's why. Because they instantly get healed. The problem is that they won't come to my church and learn the word and learn how to stand in faith. Inevitably, Satan brings the symptoms back. And guess what is the first words out of their mouth when those symptoms pop up? I thought I was healed. They were. But the moment they said that, guess what they just told Satan? Yeah, I'll sign for that package right there. You just put that back on me. Brother Hagen dealt with so many people who saw gifts of healings manifest in his ministry who then later had that stuff come back on him. And that's why he would emphasize, this is why he would not go somewhere usually less than two minimum, most of the time, three to four weeks at a time. And we're not talking about just evening services. You listening? There was a day service in which they were taught and a night service where he would obey the Holy Spirit, however God would lead him to minister healing and faith to the people. And guess how many days in the week they had off? One. They took off Saturday night only. Every single day they had a day meeting. Every night they had a night meeting. And it was partially to help build people's faith in the very things that God promised to heal them. But he said, more importantly, I later learned in my latter ministry, that wasn't the real heart of why God did that. Yes, he was building faith, but I'll tell you why. Because when gifts of healings would manifest, guess what God had helped me do for all those weeks prior? He helped them understand how to keep it. That they knew I'm already delivered from this. He's already freed me from it. And I heard him time and again have people come to other meetings that they did not stay and hear the word taught. And they would come back to another meeting somewhere else or actually the same meeting the next year. And they, he would seem in the same condition. Didn't I pray for you? Yeah. He said, I can tell you exactly what happened. I don't know how long, two weeks, three weeks, a month. One guy said a couple months, two months, I started knowing. But he said, I'll tell you exactly what you said the first time that first symptom showed up. You said, I thought I was healed. Man, you must be a prophet. He said, nope, ain't hard to figure out how Satan works. Don't be ignorant of his devices. He said, so here's what I'm going to do. If you'll show up in these day meetings, I'm going to teach you over the next two weeks how to get it and keep it. God will heal you again, but now you're going to learn how to keep it. And almost every time they did. So gifts of healings is wonderful, but John G. Lake even said, I don't know if they're not a detriment to the body because then everybody wants to get healed that same way. I could tell you story after story after story. And then they don't build their faith to understand how to keep it. This is part of why we come to God's house and keep building faith. Amen? Amen. The third one, working of miracles. Now of these gifts right here, I have seen two of these operate. I would have said gift of faith initially from what I learned from Hagen. Now that I'm learning more about this from Howard Carter in relationship to examples in the Bible, you don't really need faith to manifest for healings or miracles. God can do a miracle through anybody anytime he wants. And don't even take faith on your part because he's doing it. That makes sense. God can heal anybody through you anytime he wants. Amen? So I would tend to fall, again, lean towards Howard Carter's understanding of this and Dr. Summerall. I've seen gifts of healings. I've seen working of miracles when I saw that boy raised from the dead. But his body had also been crushed. So at the same time, guess what else happened? Gifts of healings manifest. So what I was going to say, and I almost stepped it, past it and forgot, about gifts of healings. If God ever uses you in a situation where gifts of healings manifest and somebody's instantly healed, don't walk away. Don't walk away. 
All right? You tell them. Do you have a good church where they teach you the, teach you the Word of God about healing? If you don't, you better find one. And you better be aware Satan's going to try to bring his baggage back. And you better learn how to resist him steadfast in the faith. Because if you don't, you'll, guess, you'll give in to this and he can come back and bring it back. Amen? Yeah. If you don't believe that, what about casting out demons? They'll leave and return with seven stronger. Try to get back in. If you don't what? Prepare the house to keep them out. So working in miracles. You ready? I've stalled as long as I can. A supernatural intervention. Is it supernatural to God? Nope. It's just daily natural things for God. No, no big deal for God. It is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. It is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Say it after me this time. It is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Now, the reason I'm having, we're doing this more than just a quote-unquote preaching time. They really want this to be a teaching time. You get these down. That's why I'm going through these in detail. Is that okay? That yes. you get these in detail. But I want you to understand that. What do you mean a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature? To raise somebody from the dead? Ordinary course of nature. They don't come back. But with the working of miracles? Intervention. In the ordinary course of nature. You're not going to stay in the grave. You're coming out. That's not ordinary. It's not ordinary. Jesus functioned in all the gifts. If he did not, you could not. Jesus functioned in all the gifts except for two. He did not need tongues and he did not need interpretation of tongues. He could prophesy any time. So he didn't need that. We do. I said we do. But working in miracles. Remember when he came into the temple one day, there was a man with a withered hand. So this case, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit speaking to him tells him to tell this man to stretch his hand forth. By obedience and doing so, a working of miracles manifested. Because that hand being withered naturally could not come back to being normal. But working of miracles make it happen. Hallelujah. All right, gifts of inspiration, the last three. We have gifts of revelation, we have gifts of power, divine energy, and we have gifts of what? Inspiration. They inspire. Boy, do we need these in the church. Gifts of inspiration. They inspire us. The first one is prophecy, but I actually want you to write it down this way. Simple prophecy. Wisdom is not simple prophecy. Knowledge is not simple prophecy. It's prophesying. You're, you're speaking wisdom. You're prophesying. You're speaking something prophetic of the future you didn't know that God's revealing to you. But that's not this prophecy. That's not simple prophecy. So this gift of prophecy is simple prophecy. And I want you to put a little note down by it. 1 Corinthians 14.3. Because you'll see this when we study it. But this gift shows up in 1 Corinthians 14.3. Here's the definition. You ready? Inspired utterance, it is inspired. It's not just you speaking. The Holy Spirit manifests these as he wills. So it is an inspired utterance. You're ready to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Say inspired utterance to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is the gift of prophecy. If it is truly from God... Inspired by the Holy Spirit, what will it do? It will edify, or it will exhort, or it will comfort. 
We'll get into that in more detail when we get to it. Edify, it will build them up. Exhort, it will encourage them on. Or it will do what? Bring comfort to them. Bring comfort to them. And in the midst of this, I want you to remember, again, that that is an operation all by itself that the Holy Spirit can use you in. And the Bible, as you're going to see, tells us all can prophesy. All can function in that gift. If we would just give ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Why would the Holy Spirit not want to do what in the church? Build people up. Why would he not want to do that? Exhort them. Encourage them. Comfort them. Absolutely he would. I said absolutely he would. You're not giving them a word of wisdom. You're not telling them where they've been, word of knowledge. You're not talking about any of that. It's just a simple word that's going to edify, it's going to exhort, or it's going to comfort. All right, number two, then comes what's known as different kinds. Different kinds of tongues. Not just tongues, different kinds. So as we'll get into in detail, this is not what you and I have the capability as an individual believer to do anytime we want. We can pray in tongues. We can speak to God in tongues. Absolutely. That's not this. Because again, this is as the Holy Spirit wills. Now, this is one of the primary gifts God uses me in. Direct simple prophecy or tongues and interpretation. Just, uh, was it last Wednesday or no? I think it might have been. But I had this happen like last Wednesday or the week before. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit literally, truly, as we'll talk about, inspires you in public in a setting in the church to speak out loud in tongues. And then will come an interpretation of the tongue. So divine, uh, excuse me, different kinds of tongues. Definition, inspired utterance to be interpreted. It is inspired utterance. To be what? Interpreted. Now that's important because it's not being translated. It's not a translation. It's an interpretation. Big difference. If you spoke in Spanish and somebody understood Spanish, they could translate it for us. There would be only one way to translate it. Interpretation can actually be interpreted multiple ways. The heart of what God said will be the same. It doesn't change what God said, but it's an interpretation, not a translation. Amen? You could have somebody speak in a tongue and then get an interpretation of it, and several people could have the interpretation. One speak up and say it. Now, they might have said it a little differently, but guess what? The heart of what they said would have been the same because it's not a translation. It's an interpretation. Amen? So different kinds of tongues is what again? Therefore, C, last of the inspiration gifts, is the interpretation of tongues. It is the interpretation of that different kind of tongues. What does it do? It reveals the message from God by tongues to the church. It reveals the message from God by tongues to the church. So a tongue came forth, and the interpretation is God revealing the interpretation of that tongue to the church. Revealing the message. To reveal the message from God by tongues to the church. Now you're the church. Aren't you? Yes. You know what Brother Hagin learned to do? God began to use him early on in trying to help him understand things about his ministry. He would get in the same position like just to quiet with God, to be talking to God, praying in the Spirit, where all of a sudden he'd be inspired to give an utterance just by himself, just to give an utterance of the, of the Holy Spirit. And then he would say, now, Lord, help me interpret that. And the Holy Spirit would interpret it for him. 
Because it had something to do with his ministry. Wow. Had something to do God wanted him to do with his ministry or something God wanted him to do with his uh, personal life and dealing with something within his personal family. So interpretation of tongues is to reveal the message from God by tongues to the church. Now I'm going to give you four things. We've, we've talked about not being ignorant. We've talked about all these type of different aspects of what helps us function the gifts. These are the four things Howard Carter and Lester Summerall emphasized are necessary to see these gifts function in our life. One, dedication. You got to have a dedication to God. If you're not dedicated to God, how could he use you? So one, you got to have a dedication. Now, a little different than dedication. So dedication means I'm dedicated to do what God wants me to do. Two, loyalty. And loyalty means not only am I dedicated to do it, I'm loyal to God. So I will do whatever God tells me to do. I'm not just dedicated to it, I'm loyal to my God in fulfilling what he wants me to do. Not go beyond what he wants me to do. Not go, go less than what he wants. Just be loyal to what God directs you to do. Third one, holiness. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that distributes these gifts. The less holy you live, the less likely the Holy Spirit can use you in these gifts. It does take a holiness. It does take a separation to God. It does take choosing to live a holy life set apart to Him. And if you're not doing that, it will hinder the gifts in working. And therefore, the last one, it takes a purity. Now, why would that be any different than holiness? It is. Holiness is what I choose to do in my lifestyle. Purity is the motive for which I do it. Yes. Purity means I do it because my motive is pure. I'm not trying to take advantage of anything of God. I'm not trying to be seen by anybody. My motive is pure. You understand the difference? Yeah. Holiness is how I'm living, how I'm choosing to live my life set apart to God. Purity is my motive. I have a pure motive of why I want to use these gifts. I want to help God do his work. That's it. I don't want to be seen. I'm not trying to make me look like the big guy. I don't, want much, I don't want attention drawn to me. I don't want people to think I'm more spiritual than they are or any such thing. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I just want to help God help people. Yeah. You might want to write that down. I just want to help God help people. How do I help God? Make yourself available. I can help God? Yes. If you make yourself available, you can help God. I just want to help God help people. Well, to help God help, uh, help people, you got to make yourself available. Yeah. You're the body. He's the one that uh, he wants to use us as the body that he's going to flow through. And if we don't make ourselves available, guess what we're not doing? We're not helping God help people. But that's what I want to do. Yeah. I can tell you the first time I began to see God function the gifts of the spirit in my life and it's back to my testimony in the auction barn <clears throat> when I'd heard all these testimonies of my pastor of how God had used him supernaturally in different ways in ministering to people Jeff Copenhaver and it just intrigued me and I was sincere in my motive obvious if I wouldn't have been God wouldn't have allowed me to see these gifts function I didn't want to have anything drawn to me of attention to me but you know what I've always been a game player not a bench watcher I've never wanted to sit on the sideline in any aspect of my life. Amen. I don't like just going to watch a game. People say now, do you go to watch rodeos? Rarely. Why? Because after you've competed in them, it's not much fun just to sit and watch. 
If you know somebody, it's okay. But otherwise, you're really just kind of sitting there saying, man, I wish I could still do that, and I can't do that anymore. I've just never been that kind of person. Guess what God doesn't want you to be? He doesn't want you to be a bench sitter. He wants you to be a game player. He wants you to get in on the game. I wanted to get on the game because I wanted to help God help people. I wanted to help see people set free. I've heard all these stories, and I wanted to see it happen. I wanted to see it really happen and function in my life that I could say without a doubt, my God is who he says he is. And that day in that, in that auction barn, I lifted my hands to God, and I said, God, please use me. Please use me. You know my motive. I don't want attention. I don't want anything drawn to me. I want anything of, of notoriety. I want you to get all the glory, but I want to be used. I don't want to be somebody who just hears everybody else's story. I want to be somebody who can obviously help other people like they're helping people to get set free. And guess what happened the next week? I saw a bull rider raised from the dead. Now, I don't mean that's going to happen for you next week, but I'm just telling you, God knew my motive. He knew my heart. I got to thinking, what if I wouldn't have yielded to him? What would have happened to that boy? Now, I was really young. I didn't know a lot like I know now about making sure to go back and talk to him. Do you know Jesus? I was so blown away by the power of God that came on me and the power of God that raised him up. I, I was so caught up in that. I, I, it was no joke. He's, he's healed and walking away. At that point, I don't even think about him anymore. I don't even care about him. I'm just trying to figure all this out and figure out what is it that just happened? What is it that's on me and what's happening to me? And oh my gosh, how am I going to get home? And I was just so caught up in the presence of God, man. I, I told you, I, I had to stop a couple times driving my vehicle because I was, I mean, the glory of God, man, is a powerful thing. I guarantee you what, when the glory showed up in the first temple, all the priests fell down, not because they wanted to. Could you see those priests? Come on. Could you see all those religious priests trying to stand up? I ain't going down. Yes, you are. And all them priests went down. They could not stand up to minister, the Bible said. God's word glory for his manifest power, for his manifest presence is also defined as weighty. It's weighty. It's not like weigh you down, but I'll guarantee you what, it can knock you down if it wants to. Can I get a better amen? Do you know the glory of God was manifested in the days of Jesus when they came to arrest him? You know who got knocked down? The very soldiers that tried to arrest him. Go read it. They showed up. They said, are you the one? He said, I am. What did he say? Oh, who's God? Guess what he just did? He released all the force of who God was out of his mouth when he said, I am. Who's God? He's the I am. And the moment he said that, you know what the Bible said? All those soldiers were drawn back and fell to the ground. Now, let me help you. If I was one of those soldiers, I'd say, boys, you can have him. <laughs> I'm out of here. But they stood back up. God, God fulfilling his purpose and arrested him and the rest is history. So understand when people say, well, nobody fell out in the power of the Spirit in the New Testament. Wrong. Even those soldiers did when God spoke and said, I am. Amen? The purpose of the gifts, again, is not for us to laud in them and just bask in them. They're weapons to do God's work. Thank God for them operating in our life, even in our church, but the real place they need to function is outside the church. But we need to get them working in the church as well. And like Kathy said this morning, and I'll close with this, Dr. Summerall said, all these quote-unquote church growth seminars and all this kind of stuff, 
Now, I believe God told me to take us to 24 to Dublin. I'm going to tell you why. Because he said, you're not seeing what they see when they walk in the door. A person who doesn't know God, you're so accustomed to being here, you just don't see what they're seeing when they walk in the door. You need to see what they're seeing. You need to know from their perspective what they're seeing when they walk in the door. Because otherwise, how can you minister to them? Paul said it this way, I became all things to all men. If you don't know what a sinner or somebody brand new your church is experiencing when they walk in your door, how could you really minister to them? Amen? But I mean beyond that, I'm talking about all the growth things of what they say will grow a church and make a church bigger and all that stuff. Summerall said, throw it all out the door. He said, I'll tell you what grow your church. Get your church on fire and hot for God. Get them in unity to be able to walk in what God wants for their life as a church. And get them walking in the love of God and the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit to start functioning that church. And let me help you. People are going to show up because they're going to hear about it. They're going to hear about it. They're going to say, hey, man, I have a friend of mine. He happens to know a church family member down there. And God supernaturally healed him. God supernaturally delivered him. Well, man, I need to go down there. Amen. It's like the old saying, when something's on fire, people want to see it burn. Isn't that right? Look at a natural fire. People are always curious, man. Wonder what's burning, you know? Now social media sites, right? Fire starts, everybody was on that side. What's burning down there? Everybody know what's burning down there? Everybody wants to see it? See what's burning, praise God. Well, if the church can get to burning, come on. You know what people would say? Man, we need to find out what's going on down there, what's burning. Praise the Lord. So understand, folks. It's not just your pastor. I have a big responsibility to help us see these gifts operate. But it's not just your pastor. A church can hinder it. So we're going to talk about that after we get through the gifts of what we need to do. Amen? Amen. And they're for beyond here. They're for us to function in every day out in this world that we go in. Amen. And how cool, is it, how cool would it be as a believer to be sitting at lunch somewhere and have a little server come up and God give you a word of knowledge about them? Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, God shows me this. Is, this. is this true? Yeah, how'd you know that? Well, the Lord showed me. Oh, no, no, no. You know what people used to tell Brother Hagin? You know what they used to tell him? You, you must be one of them fortune tellers. No, I ain't reading your fortune. I don't know how to read fortunes. God told me that. God showed me that. Amen? And I guarantee you, you'll reveal the heart of the Father, and they'll get to see him for themselves. Amen. Stand your feet. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.